We laugh. We cry. We learn. But really, what doesn't kill you makes you better at managing clients and everyone. I'm Morgan Friedman, and this is Client Horror Stories. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching the latest episode of Client Horror Stories. I'm excited to have with me today Rick Shermer from Viral Brands, who we were chatting right before I press record, discovered that we've been friends for 11 years now. And, uh, and with that, I'm going to turn over to Rick, who had, lives in Hollywood, so he has a lot of client horror stories, and uh, take it away with one of them. Well, I will tell you guys uh, that there is no shortage of horror stories having worked in Hollywood for... <laughs> 20 years now. That's my, my career is the span of 20 years. I started around the millennium and uh, uh, yeah, we've I got many. So, but I thought one was more recent, a little bit more fresh. Um, in fact, it was a, a client um, that I'll tell you guys about um, who was in the last year. Um, and in fact, uh, when the, when we got going with this client, it was right during the pandemic. So there were a number of things that actually like kind of, if, if you know, any of you guys are agency people out there, you would probably know, um, you know, there's a lot of start and stop that happened in 2020 um, with, with yeah. the, 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 but what was the, Morgan, you, you remind me, what, what was the word of 2020? Pause, pause. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was the biggest word of 2020 when it came to marketing campaigns. I mean, the number of times we had to hit pause uh, from, you know, the things that happened with the um, uh, protests to this, to that, to, you know, the pandemic, to you name it. There were just many pauses, you know, um, and rightfully so. By, rightfully by the way, so. When, when, when people tell me pause, I interpret that to mean stop but I don't have the balls to tell you stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. That, <clears throat> well, I mean, look, I mean, there was, there, <laughs> there were so many pauses happening and everybody's walking on eggshells in 2020. So, you know, and again, rightfully so, rightfully so, 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 you know, probably the most disruptive years that we faced is, you know, in our lifetime, for sure. Probably our parents and grandparents, like, well, maybe not our grandparents, but probably our parents' lifetime and our lifetime. Um, but anyway, so we, so, so last year we had, um, a particular client, it was actually a new client who came on board, uh, viral brand. And we were basically, um, pause, 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 which no big deal. I was going to say for most of our clients, but it does add a certain level of stress, you know, cause like you still need to get the job done. You still have things to launch, but you're pausing, but then you're hurrying. And then when you get the pause taken off, you get a sprint and try to catch up. So there's just kind of like this added pressure, I feel like, you know, that, that's already in the mix. That's normal. So <clears throat> no finger pointing here. I'll just tell you, it was, you know, it was like the client from hell. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was one of those deals where um, I'm sure as an agency guy, Morgan and anybody who's listening would understand Sometimes you get a new client with a big name, a big brand. You're like, hey, you know what? We'll cut them a deal, right? So it was one of those deal clients where we cut them a deal. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It's always those clients where you cut them a deal, right? So, so let, let, let's explore that for a moment. I've noticed the same. When you give people the deal, it 
always turns out to be the worst ones. Why right? do you think that is? Why is that? No, I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, so, I, I will say, I will say like, um, look, we had another nightmare client uh, recently, um, you know, as well. We cut a deal, a super deal for an entrepreneur, young entrepreneur doing some really cool stuff. And we were like, hey, let's support her. And she, um, you know, uh, got, you know, when we launched this campaign, the influencers, and by the way, when you launch a, when you launch an organic campaign, so we're in the, we're in the business of viral, right? So we're getting, you know, our methodology is really focused around getting influencers to talk at scale, celebrities on board, influencers on board, which is organic. So you have to do outreach and reach out to people. So this particular person didn't like the fact there was a person that didn't like, I won't say the specifics, but they didn't like that they didn't have their size. I'll put it that way. Um, you know, it was a clothing thing. And then, you know, that person who is the new, you know, new entrepreneur wrote us like the most nasty email I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, because she's like basically saying that, you know, our campaign was going to make everything go sideways for X, Y, and Z. But in the meantime, we had a thousand influencers who were on board and responded right away or super excited. There was just one in particular. And so, you know, one of those deals where I got back to her and said, Hey, look, let's reach out to this influencer. Let's talk. We're going to make him a custom, make, make her a custom uh, piece of, uh, uh, of uh, clothing. Right. And the influencer was totally touched and everything was diffused. It was all fine, but it was just like, you know, you get these little fires that come up, but this going back to the one that we had during the pandemic, you know, wait, wait, the, hold, hold, the on, hold on, hold Be- on. Yeah, yeah. Before we go back to the pandemic, yeah, yeah, yeah. just on the tangent, I love this little tangent. It's um, it's interesting and what makes it all worthwhile. What I'll add on the clients, um, on the clients with the deal being the worst clients, I have a theory around that. Unsurprisingly, what is it? What is I have it? a theory on everything. It's that the people that you give the deal on are by or that you give the deal to are by definition the cheapest people out there, like they're, they're, everyone wants a good price, but the ones that pressure you, pressure you, pressure you for the deal, they're the cheapest people. And when you're judging everything by the dollar line, how cheap it be, and then psychologically, nothing is ever good enough because no matter how cheap it is, no, the results weren't good enough. It should have been even cheaper. Like when the low price is the, is the primary criterion you just can't satisfy those people, which yeah, is why the deal ones be the worst ones. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, we got. I know we're going freestyle here, so but I hope you don't mind a little. Go for it. It makes it more but, fun. Love um, it. But but I think that you know you're totally right. The the and I think the agency folks who are listening to this probably would totally agree. Or anybody new starting a new agency, you know, you know maybe a good lesson for you guys to learn on our expense. <laughs> the people, <laughs> exactly. You know, and I think that like, maybe, you know, maybe the word uh, cheapest isn't the best word. Maybe we could say like the word, like the people with the tiniest budgets, because the reality is they may not be cheap. They just might be an entrepreneur who like says like, Hey, if my marketing budget was like, like my, for my whole year, my marketing budget is $10,000. Right. And that's my whole marketing budget. And I love Morgan so much, or I love my viral brand so much that I really believe in these guys. I'm going to give you my entire budget. But then for us, $10,000 isn't a lot of money, right? $10,000 is like a, a very small amount of money to be able to market a brand. So in which case we would say like, um, okay, do I really want their, the, this, this person has just like, they're going to put everything, all their expectations, all their hopes and dreams, everything, 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 
and, and knowing that it's a tiny amount, but a huge amount to them, but a tiny amount to us, how can we really help this person? So I think like the trick is there is, is probably not a good idea. If you're in a situation where it's everything to them and it's very little to you, I think that, that there's a inequality there. Like almost like you're just not dealing with someone who's the right equal size to you, if that makes sense. Like there, there's gotta be some equality in terms of expectations. And I think like, you know, what you guys can do, what your budgets are, but, you know, so I think that there's, there's, there's a piece of that that's out there as well. So, you know, we, we de- definitely love to be able to help, you know, emerging entrepreneurs. So, you know, we have products that are, and we're passionate about it. So we do have like um, a really good entry level product that viral brand that does, that can appeal to those people, but it might be a lot of money for them. Right. So it might be a heck of a lot of money for them. So it, it is sort of like a, a catch 22 sometimes. So we, we, you know, and, and in the case of the, the client I was telling you guys about before, um, getting back to like that kind of main thread story, um, yeah. is um, that, that we, we hit, we're in the middle of this pandemic, start, stop, start, stop, pause, pause, pause. And then it's sort of like, you know, you kind of get yourself in that situation, which is very unique to last year, but where you, 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 the, they, they, they look back in the expectations on the timing of events, you know, the, with an organic campaign, especially on the, on the, on the influencer side, um, you know, and having influencers go into stores, you know, et cetera, that are closed. The influencer <laughs> stores are closed. Like there's a statewide rule saying the stores have to be closed. So these are like, you know, so it was hard. So then the, all of a sudden those get released and then the expectations like, you know, be there tomorrow. But I'll tell you in our business, again, a lot a portion of what we do, half of what we do, I'd say is earn media. The other half is paid digital, paid ad, paid ads, right? So on the earn side of influencers and getting them to post, you you just it's just organic. So you have it just takes time, right? So we had two campaigns going in two markets, and and it was just that start, stop, start, stop. And then it was also the fact that influencer marketing is relatively new to a lot of people uh, in marketing, so they don't understand the process of it. So we did some learning on our like you know uh, with with this particular client because they went through and they specifically really wanted only certain types of influencers to post. They got so nano, so, so specific that our language really wasn't exclusive enough and specific enough in our contract. So they kept on like kind of driving through the, the holes in that contract and really, really defining what they wanted to the point where it was almost impossible for us to deliver or very hard for us to deliver. And Ooh we had to like start documenting everything. And it was like, what's great is like right now we're on a zoom and we're recording a zoom. Right. So we started recording zooms, you know, we started recording all of our zooms at that time because we're like, okay, let's record all of our client zooms. So that way we can always go back and refer to, you know, refer to the agreement mainly specifically because of this person. (laughs) We were like, we got to start recording everything because we don't put it in writing as you know, yeah, so I have two, two comments I want, I want to make on that. First, when you reach a point in a relationship where you say to yourself, I have to record every conversation with that person, that's like a red flag. That's like the red flag, a red flag. Yes, yes. But, and what I, what I also want to mention is that your, con- your contract was really specific, but not specific enough. That's actually a really interesting case because very often people, including younger versions of ourselves and sometimes ourselves think, oh, 
our contract is really specific. It has the details in it and that's fine. But what happens is you will find there are just some clients that are assholes and unhappy and they will. And for those ones, you can never be specific enough because they'll find some bizarre interpretation of every word to include or or uh, or, or, or or exclude that. So it's it's a powerful catch twenty two there. Yeah, and I do think like there's <clears throat> you know there 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 what we did was and in, in, um, is you know after this we actually created a terms and conditions for all of our clients. So basically, like on our website and all of our agreements, we realized that our terms and conditions and our agreements were so long <clears throat> that it was making our agreements like 15, 20 pages long. And that was just like, they're just agreements look like, you know, you don't, nobody wants to sign a 15, 20 page yeah. agreement. It's like, what? Okay, let me call my attorney. And like, you know, it's like, nobody wants to have me on the line for that. So we just basically right. put it in on our website, <clears throat> you know, go to viral.com. There's a terms and conditions link. Just like, you know, those things that you sign off on and we sign oh, off on yeah. every time we, we download a new app, right? So we decided exactly. like, to like, do a terms and conditions link. I read every word. I'm sure you do, but most people don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just because, just because, just because you're Morgan Friedman, that's the only reason you do. You're, you're, you're a very rare human being, by the way, which who I love. <laughs> one of my favorite, one of my favorite masterminds in, in the planet. I but that is unique kind of with a few other people. <laughs> so, so we, so, so basically, what we did was we basically created a terms and conditions link um, as a result of this client, and we actually just kind of put everything in there. But it, it was, it was really a bit of a nightmare because <clears throat> we kept on going back, and then we would go through and get. I mean, let's say like, um, you know, we'd find in a local market. This is a hyper local campaign, and we'd find people who are fantastic. Now this is supposed to be originally a six week campaign. Okay. This campaign wound up being a year long because of all the pauses. No. Yes. And all the restarts and whatever. So this was like a, a very small budget, relatively small budget for a pretty big name client. And the campaign went up literally going like, so we started in like, okay, I'll, I'll we started in March. Okay. Maybe not a year. That's exaggerating, but it started in like, I'd say February when we started working with them and then we wrapped up by September. So, you know, that's pretty long. The six week campaign turned into that. So that was like a pretty, pretty extensive campaign, but um, it just kind of started getting ugly to the point where the client like just was like grilling us on every detail. We want to know every single thing about our methodology and what we do and X, Y, and Z and like, and like, you know, got really specifically into the influencers, like almost like they were like an influencer sommelier. I was like, oh my gosh. Like it was like, we're talking about like, <laughs> I was like this person. Wow. This is crazy. Um, and, and we're good at what by, we do. By the way, pioneers I, in our I field. Think, we've, we've been doing this for 20 years. I think I'm going to steal the phrase influencer sommelier. I love it. <laughs> but but I, 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 I have a question. Usually, with um uh, with clients when things go wrong, before they go wrong, there are yellow flags or warning signs. You see that right. usually ignore them because you start every client engagement optimistic. If you weren't enthusiastic and optimistic, you wouldn't sign the contract and do it. So, um, yes. so were there any warning signs that you saw early on that you that you should have paid more attention to? 
Um, it's a great question. Um, I think probably one of the best warning signs that you mentioned before is people who are really budget conscious, like, right. Who are trying to dress, like, really whittle you down on price. That's probably a good warning sign right up front because see, I, I'm the type of guy when I hire somebody or hire an agency or, or like, let's say like, let's say like, like uh, lead gen, the demand gen agency. Right. I just had a call with one of them today. I'm like, I don't really want to whittle this person down on their price. It's either, it's either going to work for them and we, we, you know, it's good. It's good partnership or not, you know? Um, so I don't want to be that guy who whittles people down. It's just like, Hey, tell me what, what, what you guys want to make. And then, you know, I'll tell you if that works for us. You know, I'd rather do that than try to like haggle with people, you know, but when you find those hagglers, that's definitely a good, a good clue. And I think like also like, um, just general tone, you know, like when you're, when you're talking to people, like, you, you kind of like just in the sales process can identify some of that stuff. Now, if you're scaling and have an agency that's like, you know, if you're more, more boutique, then you, you know, you probably could put your finger in the pulse of that. If you're a bigger agency and you're scaling, that's probably harder to figure out because you've got a lot of sales reps who are just trying to throw fish on the boat. Right. And then the people who are in the account services team have to just deal with whatever you just threw them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So is that right? You know I, I, I mean? agree. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I think those are both great points. From I always think specific examples really color it and make it uh, make it powerful. Was there a specific thing that she said or a little detail that happened where, where like you're you're like oh boy, I hope this doesn't happen again. Well, and, there was um, a specific <laughs> comment um, when they didn't like the the. Uh, influencers that we were picking there were like there's one comment that was really like like uh kind of an eye popper for me which was um it, it certainly appeared <laughs> I, I mean that we were looking at like women influencers very specifically in this case um and the comment was, and this is a woman that we we're talking to. Um, there's a comment that was specifically that appeared anyway to be about a, a, like a descriptor about the like the person's. Uh, uh, you always step on the. You always say things lightly, you know, uh, <laughs> about the per, like the type of person it was that was like just not flattering or nice. Okay, I see. So you're talking with your client about yes. the different first and for a random influencer, she said, Oh, she is really da, 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 with like a bunch of not nice words about this random Yeah, influencer. yeah, exactly, exactly. Like like maybe like specifically like yeah. refer to her like as probably better like that look like a sports player of some type. I see. I see. I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to say things like lightly, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like sort of like when it kind of gets to that kind of level, you're going like, it's, like the kind of things that you wouldn't ever want to yeah. pop up on a zoom or go public or be public or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you'd never want to be, <laughs> especially in this day and age, even if, even if you're a woman, you know? So this thing's going to be like a little tricky. So like, like, but, but it was sort of like, it was kind of interesting because at that point I thought, and I thought, okay, I was like, this is just like, now it's kind of like just beyond out of control. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's sort of like kind of, yeah. you know, so, so I actually went back in that case. Go ahead. 
Wait, I, I just want to add to that. I hadn't thought of this one until you said it right now, but I think a really good warning sign or yellow flag for all the listeners, younger agency owners out there um, or younger professionals out there is when a client or a potential client is talking really, really negatively about someone else. And yes. uh, like you, like, like that is, I think a lot of people don't realize there's some people that just like complain about people. Well, no, that's, true. that's true too. Like if you're, when you're hiring somebody or you're making a new friend or anything, really. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, it's like, this is also like a bigger life lesson. Like there are complainers and there aren't complainers. And then this case was a particularly bad case because it was complaining and insulting random other person they don't know. So it's not even like something happened, right. but, but I think this is a very good sign to like, to, to be, uh, to be alert for like, if they're saying, because, and I think the short version of the reason why is if they're saying all this about that person, what are they saying about you? Oh, I could only, I could only imagine because there was like, there was just some real, you know, there was a real, uh, learning curve in this and in fact the person that i'm telling you about wasn't the person who originally signed the deal the person who actually was we wound up working with was not the person who hired us so so that was even like kind of like more even more tricky but you know in that case like i was sort of like there, there, there it felt to me like when you kind of get to that point where people are being insulting just to using insulting descriptors of another human being that we don't even know. Like, I'm like, okay. And now again, I'm from Hollywood back before, and I've, I've been in Hollywood 20 years and I, I like, like pre Weinstein, uh, all that stuff. Right. So pre me too. And all that. And so in, in Hollywood, there's, you know, it's known for notoriously bad behavior. Um, although now that's been cleaned up a lot, which is great. Um, but I, so, so you can imagine there's about like lots of stories that, <laughs> that we, that we have, but in this particular case, it was kind of interesting because of this, I actually went back to the client and confronted them on it and said, Hey, oh. like, I was like, Hey, look, you know, uh, cause I finally felt like I had to put a boundary down. You know, I was like, look, like this was said and it really offended, you know, some people on my team, including myself, you know, and then it was just like, Hey, so, you know, it was on a Zoom, recorded Zoom, you know, and in she was sort of like, wow, well, I didn't know it wasn't a recorded Zoom, you know. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, I was on the background talking to you over here while I was on the team Zoom over here. So then the people just overheard me talking to you because we were working on your, your project. So as I'm talking to you, you know, on speakerphone, you know, my, it's better for my team to listen in, you know, so I wasn't being sneaky or weird. It was right. just, just happened to be the situation. So, so she, now at this point it was cool because she explained what she meant and how she, whatever. And so we really kind of like unpacked it. Right. And whether or not, wherever that was, what was cool is like, we, we actually sort of like kind of call it it, 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 it actually me putting that boundary out there really like where I kind of drew a line of like, like self-respect and respect for our agency and our people. Um, it really sort of, cause I, before I've been kind of pandering just to not have a complaining customer. I wanted to have her like be totally happy, whatever it took and just kept on going and going and going to craziness, just crazy levels. And then I finally put that boundary out there and I said, Hey, look, you know, and then she, it, I felt like there was like a shift where there was like a, a real tense moment but then this shift where 
there was like a mutual respect. All of, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, after this whole kind of craziness, there was this like shift in mutual respect of like, I heard her, I put a boundary up. I understood her, tried to validate her feelings of where she was coming from, what she meant. How long into the uh, the seven months relationship was this? Um, it was probably by August, so wow. maybe 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 July. So probably like four or five months four, into five like this kind of like kind of nightmare, you know, whatever stereo, and it just keeps on dragging out. This like tiny tiny uh, client from a dollar standpoint, um, but it was kind of interesting. Then then we can have this shift, right? And this kind of mutual respect, and then. I kind of settled into, you know, really understand where she was coming from. She really understood where I was coming from. And we kind of like got in this like little bit of a rhythm together. Now we finally, we finally, um, I learned, I put the new terms and conditions on our website. I got a bit more hyper specific about very specific things, uh, for future reference. Right. I just had at some point chalk this up to a learning experience for our agency, right? And that's exactly what I did. I chalked it up to learning. So I thought, okay, at one point I had to shift gears, put a boundary up, but also shift gears and think, okay, this client is going to suck, but it doesn't have to suck because I could look at this as being like a really great learning experience for our agency. And I'm the CEO of the company. So better for me to go through this and learn to put the right things. So when we get to our scale zone, we're really scaling, we have everything set, right? So I kind of shifted my perspective on it as well from being like nightmare client to going like, Hey, actually this is an ideal client for me to actually cut our teeth and put different systems in place. that are going to allow us to scale as an agency. So as soon as I shifted and then she shifted, it was kind of interesting. We, we all of a sudden started getting along and kind of liking each other. It's almost like this mutual respect for each other. It was so weird. And then, and then like we get on the phone and instead of her just being straight growl face, she would get on the phone and she'd smile and I'd smile. And we like started just really liking each other. It was weird. And then, and then on top of that, like, okay, so then we ran the campaign. She, 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 I'll be honest. She was pretty much, you know, she was more, um, she, she would take our professional advice. Now she'd never done the influencer campaign and she would take our advice a little bit more too, right. To heart. So when we had like a strong opinion, but she was still pretty, the influencer Somalia who just learned about influencer marketing, like on our campaign, you know, we'd really had to go through and train her every detail about our campaign process and what it is, what influencer. She really wanted to understand every little granular detail. Um, and um, it was basically um, a, you know, it was a, it was a great, it actually turned out to be a good positive experience. And I was shocked. You could blow me over the feather. Now the campaign was over. We wrapped the campaign campaign. We, we did a great job. The campaign was fantastic. Turned out, turned out great. Um, and we didn't get like all those like big kudos at the end. We kind of wrapped it. And I said like, I was like, Hey, look, you helped us actually learn so much on this campaign I'm going to offer you guys a free campaign. So like I'm going to offer you guys a free campaign. So I went the total extra mile and said, I was going to offer them a free complimentary campaign. Now, six months later, go by six months go by. They, they didn't re-sign up, whatever. It's like, you know, um, and I was like, man, that was did, did they, did they take you up then on the, on the free second campaign or not, not right away? So, so about, right I'd say like maybe, uh, maybe six, seven, eight months go by, six months. I can't remember. Six months go by and never took us up in the campaign. Well, 
I get a phone call from her, like, and she reaches out and says, Hey, um, you know, I was doing some analysis with our, uh, our stores and we were, we, you know, we asked them what was effective, you know, in our marketing last year, X, Y, and Z and whatever. And they said, you know, one of the most effective things that we did was that influencer campaign. And they're like, and it was really effective. And what was interesting about it was that not, it didn't all happen at once, but over time, we kept on having more and more people come in saying that they heard about us from an influencer. And when we'd ask them, they'd volunteer, we'd ask them how they heard about us. And they kept on saying that. And it just kept on happening over and over and over again. And the campaign actually wound up being a big success for us. And in the beginning, you know, oh, more grassroots, right? Right. So, um, so anyway, so, so she called back, told me that, and hired us again. And not only that, took took us up on the free campaign and hired us for another paid campaign. So <laughs> it was great. And, and by the way, she and I are total buddies now, and, and we really did learn a lot uh, from each other. I feel like in, in in both cases. So I think like having you know, I like the story because it was sort of like really really miserable. It was like this point where you could be like you know going through a contract and like thinking like gosh what are the legal loopholes here and this and that whatever like but you know you just want to make through you just get to that point where you're like how do we get out of this just like stuck in this nightmare scenario all the way to totally absolutely love each other so it's like it can happen it really can happen but i think in the middle of it one of the big things that you got to realize is like and by the way we have tons of movie campaigns where we you know We've also hit the same one. I think another big thing to think about in the middle of this, so especially on movie campaigns, um, and I think movie campaigns and also startups, it's really necessary to manage expectations. So um, and be really clear about what it is you're going to deliver. Here's what we're going to deliver, exactly what we're going to deliver, right? And even like you said, there can be that still could be up to interpretation, but you got to put as much out there, as much detail as out there to be. But I think like, there still is what we call the delusional button. So I like th that's what, that's what we call the delusional button. When the client gets delusional, we talk about hitting the delusional button. Like you almost got to physically put the delusional button on the table, like a big red button that you can just slam on it and be like, you're being delusional. Not going to happen. Right. So on a movie, on, on a movie, you know, we've had you should sell that. You times sell my old big red button. That's delusion. Oh dude, my old partner and I, Paul Auer, uh, who's a great mentor of mine. We would always say like, dude, we'd be like, delusional eh, button. <laughs> so, so we'd be like, gotta hit the delusional button. Cause like, you know, I mean, we have this one movie, dude, this is an example, like the, the producers start to get like on an indie movie, you start to really, you know, we probably had an $8 million weekend coming in. Right. And the, 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 the pr producer says to me, he's like, Hey Rick, what do you think we're going to make this weekend? We're about to release opening weekend. But I was like, I was like, ah, I don't know. I was like, well, tell me, tell me first what you're thinking. And the guy says $80 million opening weekend for a, for a movie, bro. That is literally going out on like probably 300 screens. It doesn't even make any sense. It's not even mathematically possible. Like, he, you know what I'm saying? There's like maybe going to be like 500 theaters or something like that. So just, just not even mathematically possible. I was like, Oh really? So I didn't even tell him my number. Cause I was like, that's just, he's just delusional. You know? Delusional. So I think like whatever point my partner who sold the deal I don't know what he had talked to him about, but the reality was like way on the front end, that guy should have understood that's not even possible. 
right? Like he should have not understood that's not even a possibility. It's not even mathematically possible because 500 theaters can't turn out $80 million. Like if you look at the cost of a movie ticket back then, it was probably like five, six bucks, you know, 15 years ago, that, that, that specific case study I'm thinking about. But, but it's always been that way with different movies. Now, when we work with big companies like Paramount, Disney, Universal, they're not delusional at all. They're always like, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're grounded. Now, sometimes we do wind up doing a lot better and it's fantastic when the other direction, when we wind up doing exceeding expectations, that's what we like to all, all call under promise over deliver. Exactly. So you're, you can win that way all day long, just not the other way. We, we launched, um, we launched the purge, um, the very first purge movie with universal and, um, they, that, that movie was tracking to do $8 million opening weekend. They were expecting to do about $8 million, maybe 10, I can't remember. Um, and we wanted to do almost $30 million. So wow. it was a big shock, a big surprise and that made us, made us look great. So we're, you know, Monday morning, so, you're talking about our company and, and all the work that we did, like, right. And it was like, made us feel awesome. <laughs> so okay. I want to add, um, I love the delusion button and I want to add that this ties in to what we're saying about the really cheap clients. Cause I've also found that the most delusional clients are also the cheapest ones as well. Yes. I'll give you, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars and that's going to make me millions of dollars in e-commerce sales. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> yes, that is exactly, that is exactly right. That I could not, could not agree with you more on that. And that's, I think the, 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 you know, the, the key, the key, you know, um, I mean, you just really can't over explain specifics of what you're going to deliver. So I think like having, you know, your, your contract as an agency really has to be specific to what you're going to deliver, not the outcome. Right. So I think like, you know, they're hiring you, like, look, the best way I put it is like, you know, you could, McDonald's could buy TV commercials on NBC, right? Go back to old school marketing, still happens. Uh, and they still spend most money on that or a lot of money on that. So um, you've got, you know, McDonald's, I'm sorry, NBC, the agency, sorry, the agency is going to produce a spot, right? Yes. NBC is yes. going to let that spot air. And, yes. the, and the brand's going to pay for that transaction. Agency create a spot, Correct. agency place a spot, media, media firm place a spot, uh, NBC airs it, right? Now, you still got to pay everybody for what was done, regardless of people love that Big Mac ad or not. It's going to, it can create a lift in sales, not a lift in sales, but the agency, right, still has to say, and NBC is going to say, hey, we're going to sell you this media for this amount. Agency's like, hey, we're going to produce a spot. And you either fire the firm or don't fire the firm, keep the firm, don't keep the firm. I think right now in the era of performance marketing, you know, which we do a lot of, right? We do, you know, combination of influencer and performance. Um, you know, you still got to just be very specific. You show them case studies, but everybody's totally different. I mean, this client's totally from that client and whatever. So you can show case studies, you can have, uh, uh, you know, um, wonderful endorsements, but at the end of the day, still everybody has their 
own um, situation, right? You can't control people's marketing mix. You can't control how awesome their product is. You can't control how good the movie is. You can't control their product experience, um, their user interface, you know, their UX, UI. There's a million different factors that go outside of what they hired your little agency to do. So you really have to be super specific about you hired us for this thing. We're going to do this thing. And we hope it does awesome because we want to keep on working with you and we want to keep on X, Y, and Z. We like winning. So, of course, we want to win. We want to see you win. You know, it's, it takes a lot. It takes I, a long time to acquire a customer I, and get them onboarded. We're, it's no fun to do that. Let's just keep working with the people that we got. Yeah, agreed. And, and getting a customer requires so many different pieces that you and your team and agency will only do one little piece. You don't control the website, and if the website sucks or slow or doesn't work on mobile, that yeah. can kill everything. But you, but you, you're never going to be hired to do everything. Yeah, just, uh, just, dude, uh, just, really, just really, a really great example is that we we did a campaign, dude, and we had like um, um, we focused mainly on influencers and cost per click, right? Um, but the client had this horrible UX UI horrible like like uh uh user experience and user journey like i mean i i was confused i was like i don't even know how to buy i don't even know how to buy this i was kept on telling them they gotta fix that i was like look we could just do our job and get them there you know so you know we're getting the, we're doing the we're doing the the lead generation <laughs> getting people to that page if after that it's not our job because you didn't hire us to do your website like you didn't hire us to do your landing page so I can tell you go call the guys at landingpageguys.com because those guys do really good jobs on, on creating landing pages. You know those guys? They're over in like Ireland. What are their names? Landing page guys. <laughs> I know. I, I, I thought you were being <laughs> They're really good. I, yeah, they, they, that's I, all they do is landing pages. They, oh, no, I, love landing find, page guys. I love it when you find people who just specialize in one thing. You know? Totally. I, like I know these guys are going to do a great job. Yeah, so those guys are, I think it's called landing page guys. Google it real fast. Um, like all these ads. Yeah, I think it's, oh, maybe they changed their name. <laughs> oh yeah. They changed their name to conversion wise. Okay. It says formerly landing page guys. I'll chat it over to you. So you have it. Um, but yeah, these guys do a great job on building land. That's all they do all day long, you know? Um, but you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people who specialize and do stuff like that, but you know, you can do, you just got to figure out what you do. And I think for me, what, what, the way that we've decided as a company to get more specific is to um, get really good at a few things and be the world and aspire, aspire to be the world's best at those few things. Right. So for us, it's like, it's, you know, using the world's best data to get to find, to, to get influencers, you know, at scale, engage, engaging and activating the influencers at scale um, two celebrities and three performance media as it pertains to utilizing and, and fanning the flames of the conversation we got going. So, you know, wh- whatever it is for you, just get really awesome at that one thing, you know, and, and, and you can scale a lot, a lot better, a lot faster. By the way, I, what's that? I personally always use performance media to scale viral conversations. So people usually don't say that out loud. So I usually don't hear other people repeat that stretch back to me, but I'm totally on board. That's Love why it. we're soul brothers. That's why when I met you like 11 years ago and freaking 
Buenos Aires, bro. I were like, we clicked like right away. I remember like, I, I can't remember how I met you guys. I remember standing outside talking to you guys. And you're like, you want to come over to our house? And I was like, yeah, sure. And like we came over. I don't even, I, I can't remember what the heck it was. Do you remember who introduced us? Was it Will Jessup? Maybe. Uh, I, I don't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> I have no idea. But I remember like meeting you and your wife. You guys are so cool in this cool flat and BA. And I was like, you know, one of the big things for me, like down in BA, the thing that shocked me when I went down, I would say shocked. No, it, it kind of shocked me. Um, when I got down there, I didn't realize that nobody spoke English. Like, not that many speak English. It's not like Mexico where everybody speaks a little English. Like you're down in Buenos Aires and like, I run into people who don't speak any English. Cab drivers don't speak any English. I'd be like, I was very surprised. It definitely feels like you're, uh, you're, you're in a foreign country. You definitely feel like that. Cause, cause you know what I'm saying? Like in Mexico, yeah. you go and speak English to people and like make your way around fine. You know, most people know English a little bit at least. Part, part, part of the talk arm of Argentina is its complete isolation from the international system. So as, as a consequence of that, Argy's always complain there's less imports, less of what's happening internationally. And um, I actually think that's a good thing because they miss so much of the craziness happening in the rest of the world. But as a result of that, there's just less English in the schools, English media, as compared to like places like Mexico, where like Mexico is 98% American culture and 2% telenovelas. It's, it's not like that here. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. No, it's got a whole different vibe down there. And I absolutely loved it. I was, it was weird, weird when I left, when I left uh, Buenos Aires, I was actually a sort of like a little, I love the city so much because I spent like a month down there or a few weeks. And then um, I was like so in love with the city. I was like actually like sad to leave. And I was like a little emotional about leaving because I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever come back here because it's so freaking far away and there's so many other places to go explore in the world. Like this is such a cool city though. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. There, there, are, there are, there are lots of corners. This is, this is, a, this is a nice, um, a nice note, uh, a nice note to end on. Um, <laughs> well, I will come, I will come back. I will come back. I bring my wife because she's, it's such a special place. Actually, I want to tie back to the core subject for a minute because you did mention about 10 minutes ago something in passing that I thought was super interesting, but you just glossed over it for a millisecond. Which so, one? but I, I, want, I want to call attention to your, to your good insight and then we will really wrap up, which is one of the threads of today's conversation has just been uh, clients with crazy expectations and, uh, and like, nice. like between really cheap and expecting magic and like and like the delusion button and and, and managing it. So that's been one of the themes right. It's, and it came out in different ways, but I love it. That's a really good. It's a really really good point. And then you mentioned in passing, you're like in one second, you're like, oh, you know who has really realistic expectations? Paramount and Disney and uh, Universal with big studios. Yeah. And I actually think that's actually a really important point, which is which is a a lot of the crazy expectations and crazy behavior comes from inexperience. Like they've never done this before. Very they're important. figuring this out. They're just like this, they're, they're like, okay, I'm gonna put you in the movie. I don't know, maybe $80 million. But then at the other end of the extreme, when you have like like these mega media companies that run the world, dude, if anyone is experienced and can predict what's going to happen on opening weekends, 
to like the decimal points. It, it is these guys. So as a result, Absolutely. they're uber. Yeah, we we when when I worked for Disney, I could tell you like we would run. They call them in, in our business. They call them the waterfalls. Um, you know, a a movie would come out opening weekend, and by Monday they run the waterfalls just because it all gets plugged into a, a financial model, right? And you see uh. just based on opening weekend how much that property that movie or whatever is going to make for the whole life of the movie. So, so we know by Monday morning, based oh, on interesting. weekend, yeah, based on just opening weekend, how much that movie, how much that brand, that movie means to us. So we'll know how much more money to put in marketing. We'll know, you know, um, and we'll know everything by Monday morning. So that just that one weekend, just Toy Story comes out or whatever movie comes out and, and boom, that, you know, Toy Story five or whatever number right now, um, comes out and then all of a sudden, like Monday morning, you know, we know it's, it's, it's done. We know, we know. So it's like lunch of bread. So that's, that's get, fascinating. It does get pretty intense, you know, with movies because it's a make it or break. It's like, a, it's like political, you know, you've done politics. So it's like politics. You basically have opening weekend for a movie. You have Tuesday, you know, in America anyway, you know, it's always the first Tuesday in November, right? When when the big national elections happen. So, you know, that's 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 a make it or break it moment for a candidate or a movie. Same same thing. A very unique situation. But yeah, I would say the other difference in thinking about the people in experience is that you're also looking at people who might be entrepreneurs and are emotionally very involved, or let's yes. say, Ooh. or a filmmaker, um, because for two reasons. Number one they created the thing. So they're really emotionally, they're very emotionally exactly. uh, involved. And then number two, they've put probably in a lot of situations, their whole life savings into it. And in some cases they've talked their, their parents and their friends to investing and putting their life savings into it. So you're, you're in a situation of inexperience, like you said, but also really high stakes, high stakes, high emotional stakes, totally. you know, across, across the board. So it's, it's like, it's like, you know, for them, it's like going to Vegas with all their money and putting it on, on the table. And, you know, when you deal with people at a studio or a major brand, you know, you, you're dealing with someone who cares about their job, but they're getting paid a salary for from a big company, right? It, it's so. Exactly. You're dealing with, in the best case, professionals. I'm there to do a job. I'll do the good job. Right. Let's optimize the numbers. How do we get the best results? And like and then like 5 p.m. comes and they and they don't think about it uh, at like uh, again until tomorrow 9 a.m. tomorrow. That's exactly right. Yep. And that's 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 a, um, that's definitely a difference that you you notice and see. I'm sure you have experienced that, right? <laughs> many, <laughs> many, many times. Many times, and 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 I want to point out that it gets complex and interesting because on the one hand. I happen to prefer like the serious professional, uh, uh, professional style, and it's just a job of the like of the big companies. On the other hand, that comes with this bureaucracy and bullshit and assholeness and like time wasting. Like that, that's because they truly don't care, and it's just a job and just everything. It just fills it with bullshit that makes me hate it so much. I'm like, 
I'll put up with the inexperienced people and I'll teach them to, and I'll hold their hands to be more experienced totally. just because I, just because I don't want to deal with all that. Just like, the, just like everything in life, there's the positive and negative side of the court, totally. right? Totally. It's like, and there's a positive side and negative side. And I think you're totally right. I think that sometimes like when you work with big companies, they, they feel that, like, that not all the time, but, 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 you know, a good amount of times you work with a, a big company and the people that you're working with feel like emotionally disconnected from their work. Like, and, and it totally. feels like very robotic. Like they're like, you really <laughs> managers? Like, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, we're both MBAs. Like, I, like I'm, I, I'm like a, these guys are MBAs that go to a big company and they, they're, they're brand managers and they, I just feel like some of these guys can just be emotionally disengaged and like be very matter of fact. And you feel like you're talking to a robot. <laughs> yeah, no, that and like that. That's that's exactly the pain of big companies is everyone has uh, like becomes a robot, like the soul sucked out of them. And not only just if you work there, interacting with them, even as an outside agency, totally. like you, you, you feel it. So totally, and guys but, like you and me, guys like you and me, we're very like heart driven guys. So like, totally. we're so passionate that when you get on the opposite end of like a, a real like like emotionally dead person, well, I mean. Now you know they're not dead in their whole life, just in this in this persona they're putting on, right? It's like this emotionally dead persona that's very transactional. And and in fact, um, you know, I've worked with Chick-fil-A a lot, and one of my clients okay. I've worked with them, and they um the guy who was the old head of marketing there, a guy named David Sawyers, and he's super dude, he's taught me so much. But he talks a lot about um, you know, being transactional versus relational style. Oh, totally. Right. And you just kind of feel like things you just can, can sometimes in those bigger companies get transactionalized. You probably don't know because you, you probably haven't ever had Chick-fil-A, but most people have eaten at Chick-fil-A, even though it's a massive billion dollar enterprise. It's a um, when you go there, you feel very cared for and very, uh, which I'm, by the way, I happen to be drinking a Chick-fil-A <laughs> cup right now. Promoting <laughs> <laughs> um, your brand. Just coincidentally. Um, but the, uh, but, but they, they do a great job at scaling care. They, they, just, they, do, they do a really amazing job at scaling care. So I think that's probably the thing that is most unique about the company. In fact, um, and, and we, we, you know, we've been a big part of that. Um, we've been a big part of that journey with them over the last 12, 12, 13 years. So it's been fun. And this is the perfect note. And I'm glad we did that addendum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> brought out, brought out a bunch of interesting points. And I, I love that phrase scaling care i think i'm gonna i'm gonna use a few of your phrases from today scale uh scaling care the uh the delusion button and the influencer the influencer sommelier those are your like awesome witticisms of today i admire your virtuity oh that's awesome well those are all i think those are all phrases i just invented on the spot today look at that I'll make sure. Oh, no, I'll no. Make sure I take it back. The delusional button. No, we've had that for like, yeah. we've been using that for like 20 years with the delusional button. You, you probably, you probably know that, that thought very well though. Right. Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I had never thought about it as like a button press, but like, but to me, it's like the roll your eyes moment. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it always happens where like, where you realize that their expectations from the campaign are just, or there's, so completely divorced from any sort of reality. Well, and my and my partner Paul, to his credit, you know, I think that he was older and wiser than I was at the time, especially. He 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 called it a delusional button because 
he would actually proactively like put his hand down on the table and say, Hey guys, I'm hitting the delusional button. And he would actually say it to the clients. He'd be like, Hey, this is delusional. I'm hitting the delusional button. So instead of rolling his eyes, he'd actually call him out on it straight up. <laughs> so. Yeah. It, it takes, it's, it requires a lot of art to, uh, to call people out on it while, uh, while avoiding a war. <laughs> yeah, for sure no and, doubt about it no doubt about it yeah and uh i've uh i've 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 been on both sides i've i've been on the side where i just rolled my eyes i've i've also been the guys where i've been the guy where i'm like you guys a way out from state is i say you're in outer space because <laughs> that's a little bit nicer than, well, the, than, 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 than your delusion Knowing you, Morgan, I can I can imagine you'd say it in a very nice way because you're you're just a, a nice but also very transparent guy. So I'm sure you wouldn't get yourself in that situation. It, you're just very transparent. And 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 I think this is, this is the art of or the art at least that I try to practice the Morgan magic of of being both clear and strong, like when you need to be, including when they're delusional while um while 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 doing so in like in a way that's both strong while while it's respectful and yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and boundaries and not well, insulting and not it explode and it's it's I hard say, it's not I will say my, my last little tidbit uh for, for yeah. the call we can we can really wrap because i know we've had a couple of false endings but i will say <laughs> if there was if i'm if, you know if you had to put together an avengers team of marketers for your favorite people that you would want to launch something with. You were definitely on my Avengers team for sure. Morgan Friedman <laughs> on my Avengers team. So if, yeah, I, I appreciate it. One of these days, but <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a fun project. And I love how like the Hollywood guy uses like the Hollywood movie metaphors. <laughs> uh, I, I would think of like you know the basketball dream team. I wouldn't have even thought of a Hollywood metaphor, but but I love yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> in my Avenger squad, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, this is true. Well, I'm working with a lot of people in 20 years. You're you're literally you're in my top 10 favorites, favorite masterminds. Wait, say it again. I with a lot of people over a 20 year career, and you're definitely one of my favorite masterminds. I, uh, I I I I appreciate being in the uh, the the top ten. It's 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 an, it's an honor. Yeah, well, hey, well, you're you're right there, bro. <laughs> you may get that adventure call one day and just send a signal in the sky, calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look up tonight. <laughs> it was it was it was great having you on the podcast. Love the stories, the Thank lessons. You, You're wit. I feel like we. I feel like we should do this again with with other stories. Just because it was I love fun. It. Just you tell me when, bro. <laughs> that sounds good. Everyone who made it to the end, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah, you guys yeah. take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.